Hello and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Kalen, uh, engineer at Log Rocket, and joining me today is Karupa uh, Shinatami, the product manager at Google, works on Firebase. Recently, you might have seen Firebase feature uh, prominently in the Google I.O. keynote. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you, Kalen. So I'm sure many developers, especially developers familiar with Google products, are familiar with Firebase, probably for over 10 years now. And my first introduction to Firebase was using an hackathon project forever ago. So it's good to see that uh, it's still getting in a lot of updates. Do you want to give uh, like a quick rundown, like what's new in Firebase? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just to give some background for everybody who may not have had the luxury of using Firebase many years ago or even at a hackathon kind of a project, Firebase is really about simplifying app development with a real focus on on building a web app or a mobile app like iOS or Android. And really all the various stages that go into building an app. How do I think about an idea? How do I start writing the code? How do I debug it? And once I have my application built, how do I get it out the door into various customers' hands? And how do I make sure that once it is out the door, that we have really good ways of measuring how are people using it? How is the performance? Are people, you know, is it crashing? You know, how do we make sure that the whole end-to-end lifecycle for a product is properly maintained through developer tooling? and backend services and, and the whole set of things that go on there. And the real goal behind Firebase is simplification. You know, you have your hands full building your, you know, your client-side applications and having to balance both that and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with like your databases, your authentication, and your monitoring for performance and crashes can be overwhelming. And so Firebase is really about, you know, how do we give you an integrated set of tools and services that simplify that world for you so you can spend more time really just fiddling with the, the things you care about more, which is really great user experience and client-side apps and so on. And so to answer your question on what's new in Firebase, it's really just continuing down the journey of as technologies evolve, how do we take advantage of the, the latest things that people are building on, but how do we continue to simplify and make our products just better for all these audiences so that we continue to show that it is easy to build great apps without having to sacrifice power and flexibility and capabilities, which oftentimes comes with the, you know, the idea of simplification. Yeah, worthy goal, especially, uh, it seems to be a common theme. I guess it's on everyone's mind recently, like with the proliferation of like Next.js and all these like fully packaged frameworks, it's everyone's seems to be racing to make things as easy as possible, which is I think a welcome change from maybe in the past. Um, you have quite a long career. Uh, worked at Microsoft, Fire, uh, Salesforce, and now Google. Um, and I, I do remember your your website, uh, Karupa. dot uh, com, back when it was like Flash tutorials, I think. Correct, correct. You yeah. know, I always was interested in Flash for a long time, yes. and it was just back in a day where there was no like online communities or forums or things where you can share right. what you're building on. And so I kind of accidentally stumbled upon it, and that kind of got me into essentially the the long you know journey to where I am right now, which is working you know continue to work in technology, working with developers, working on how to simplify the world for developers. And right now I am at Google. Yeah, um, that's a, a, a quite a journey. Um, I see it's it's still focused on tutorials and such. Um, is that something that you like do in your free time or like? Um, it really is. You know, before it was a case where it's still a hobby and it's still something I maintain for several reasons now. You know, in many cases, if you take a step back and look at what do I do as my day job, which is oftentimes just taking abstract ideas, simplifying it and communicating it back out. 
And so the hobby that, you know, that I started many years ago allows me to kind of reinforce those skills a bit. You know, I just happen to take you know, complicated technical topics. My audience really is not technical individuals or visual thinkers in many ways who look at things more from a, you know, from like a pixels point of view, as opposed to a just logical lines of code point of view. And so that gives me a lot of practice, uh, you know, both between my work, you know, giving me the, the, you know, the energy to keep doing this outside of it, and then the hobby, which reinforces my work. So I almost like create a cycle where I get to just focus on what I really enjoy doing, which is kind of just taking complex problems and breaking it down. Yeah, it's almost like uh, a secret weapon as a, a PM where you, to, to get a pulse on the community. Um. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I also get really fidgety if I don't write code for a period of time. So this gives me that outlet where, you know, as part of my day job, I don't really write a whole lot of production code or, or actually any production code, but as a hobby, maintaining that still keeps me both, you know, keeps me like focused on like the technical problems. It also keeps me in touch with developers as well. I think one of the biggest things I really enjoy about this is that I get both proactively and indirectly I get just you know inundated with feedback from various people who are like, building things and going, this is difficult, you know, how do you simplify it or or vice versa, where I reach out occasion and go like, we're trying to do A, A, B, and C, you know, what are your thoughts here? And so it's been really great having that two-way conversation and being a part of a community that is really tuned to, in this case, like development, you know, makes that much easier for me. Yeah. Um, back on that subject of making things easier. Um... You want to talk a little bit about Firebase extensions? Um, because I, I wasn't even aware that Firebase had extensions, uh, but it seems very, uh, very fully featured now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because when you're building an app, there's so many things that go on you know, behind the scenes. You know, at a very basic level, if you think about it a long time ago, we had, we had dedicated servers, you had some code running on a server because you couldn't have certain things running locally in your device. You had to either do some authentication or have some data that was scaling across millions of users. It was very tricky. And so at a fundamental level, one of the things that Firebase really started off with was a real-time database, being able to have data that goes into a data store, and then that automatically updates it for any client that is currently using it. And that extended over a period of time to a variety of backend services, including, for example, authentication or cloud functions, which is our serverless compute product. And then as people were using it, as we decided to see where can we continue to move the needle on simplification, what we realized is that what a lot of our developers are looking for are integrations. Let's say, for example, I need to process payments. It's very easy for me to go and, you know, not, well, not easy, but with enough you know, effort, enough using Google and Stack Overflow, you can kind of wire together at least like you know, five different services, write enough code, and then have some of these things working. But instead of having the developer do all this work, what if we made it possible for to actually say that, you know, you're integrating payments from these top providers? What if we give you a prepackaged solution that still uses all these various internal primitives behind the scenes, but instead of you having to worry about configuring all those services up, orchestrating between all these various backends, what if we just handle that for you? And extensions really came out of that goal of how do we simplify this whole complicated backend space by focusing more on solutions and end results as opposed to the you know, individual Lego blocks that might go into figuring out how all these things work. It certainly lowers the barrier of entry. Um, and yeah, at LogRocket, I, I know how much everyone likes integrations. It's one of our most most uh, requested and time-consuming to, to develop. Uh, features um, exactly. You know, it, it, you know, who would have ever guessed that developers don't like to rehash the wheel? You know, every single time they want to do something that is 
pretty commonplace. Yeah, especially with real-time features and such. Um, like part of the reason why everyone seems to use it in hackathons is no one no one wanted to go through all that trouble, and you just want it to just work. Like, yeah, like exactly. You have bigger problems to deal with right now than figuring out like how my input and output might work over a, you know a network connection. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for Pod Rocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts. All right, back to the show. There's also a time, I remember like 10 or so years ago where Firebase was almost like, it was the de facto solution and there wasn't much anything else out there. But over time now, you know, uh, I've seen lots of Firebase alternatives and such. So would you say that uh, maybe the increased competition in the open source community and such is kind of what led Firebase to focus more on extensions and like productivity and such? I think the competition plays a role, but I think the biggest role really is just us talking to customers and identifying where some of the, the opportunities are. Because as with any technology, you know, you've been doing this for a very long time as well. You kind of see that something is new and cool, then it gets democratized and everybody starts building on something like that. And so it's often up to us to kind of see what's the next best thing to keep you know, improving upon. Because once developers realize that, okay, this pain point is now solved, it doesn't mean there's no more pain points available. What used to be like number two or number three on the list of things that were making development hard now becomes their new number one. So it's a constant cycle of like, how do we keep making the, the development experience easier? And it's also all relative. And if you compare the pain points developers have today in building apps, it's very different than what it was like five years ago. And I'm sure five years from now, it'll be very different as well. You know, the things that we're struggling with right now will just become table stakes. Everybody will be doing this. So it's constantly, you know, a big activity for us on Firebase to be customer centric, to make sure we talk to developers. We have all these feedback channels to make sure that we continue to build things that are relevant. And, you know, and from that angle, extensions is a great example of something that we saw the trends where people are really integrating the one end-to-end solutions. How can we provide that in a way that allows you to scale? Because I think, you know, people often ask me, like, what is the big differentiator of Firebase, especially when we talk about so many other alternatives that are available? I think the biggest, you know, strength that we have is that we combine two things. We give you better together, which means that Firebase works really well across all the various products that it provides so you can get a one-stop solution for authentication, for database, for being able to, to execute code, and extensions being a part of this, or to be able to deploy, do A-B testing, do all the various things you might really want to do. But the other big part is we're built or integrated heavily on top of Google Cloud, which means that you not only get the ease of use that, you know, that people typically associate with Firebase, but you also get the depth of capabilities that you can get by having a dedicated provider that is nicely integrated with the overall Firebase experience. So while you can get a lot done in Firebase and many developers are pretty happy never leaving that Firebase console or Firebase UI, but if you want to, for example, let's say, increase the capabilities of the hardware that's powering some of your backend services, you're just one click away from seeing the exact same view in Google Cloud's version of the of the world and you have very deep access to being able to do really sophisticated things so we kind of able to balance both those worlds because 
for us, our real audience is really, you're building an app, you're experimenting, you're trying something out, you have a problem. And then now you're next day, you're like on top of Hacker News or you're like a top downloaded app, the iOS app store or Android app store. And so we want to make sure that across the entire journey from being able to just kick the tires and learn and try something, this you know crazy complicated world of serverless, you're able to be successful. But when you do become, want to do more, I guess, you know, more scaled up activities, that Firebase is still the right choice for you. And we are right along for the ride. So you never have to feel like Firebase is only good for certain things. And now I need to upgrade to something different. Our hope is that by building a Google Cloud, by continuing to give this ease of use, we're able to attract both sets of that, the challenges that go into app development. Makes sense. Um, LogRocket doesn't use Firebase, but we do use Google Cloud. And we're familiar with all the bells and whistles. <laughs> Um, yeah. Impressive stuff. Um, where do you see Firebase going in the next couple of years? Um, since you have such a good pulse on uh, developer uh, relations, um, where do you see the winds blowing, so to speak? I, I think the you know, Firebase is not sweet spot right now where we're really focused on mobile development and web development. And we're still very early days in both of those areas. So I see us continuing to you know, make sure that developers building for these platforms are successful. But we also see that the kind of apps that people are building, the devices they're targeting, is also getting much more wide. You know, Before, we never would have thought about having applications running on your watch or applications running on your smart thermostat or your televisions having a, a programmable API surface and all these things. And in many ways, it's not a stretch because a lot of them do run common standard web technologies or common client-side technologies that everyone's already familiar with. You know, the days we had to have a, a bespoke programming language for any one particular thing doesn't really exist in, you know, in great detail for many of the situations we're in right now. So I think it's going to be continuing to just go where developers are. You know, I think the next two or three years will be, you know, we have some ideas and you might have seen at like the Google I.O. keynotes where we talked extensively about how we use artificial intelligence and machine learning and how do we just simplify decision making where we don't need to have a human being always be involved. But ultimately for us, though, is, you know, if developers are saying that they wish tasks A, B, and C were simpler, you know, we will look at that very closely and see, do we deliver that directly? Or do we find a more holistic solution that kind of gets to the root of why are developers having you know, the problems A, B, and C? It goes back to the classic example that I've heard about. You know, if you ask people what they want, they just want a faster car, but sometimes an airplane is what they really need. And so there's a little bit of a, an art and creativity to how we look at customer feedback and what developers are telling us and how we decide to address them in a, in a way that kind of you know, gives you a nice, simple, delightful experience as well. And that's an understated fact, especially when we think about developer tools and developer platforms and framework. Delightful. That's a good word. <laughs> yes. Um... Uh, another thing that really uh, stood out to me in the keynote was the deploy command. I, I don't really use Next.js or something like that. So um, just back in the day when all, all these sorts of things were so much harder, um, I, I really like that focus. on. Yeah, it's been one of those things where a, a lot of us who have been watching the trends and how people are building apps, it really almost came out overnight where you went from like static sites where you just generate static pages that you know go through a complicated build process, but the output is just HTML, CSS, JavaScript to a world where you now have, you're writing what seems like client-side JavaScript. You're, you're in your VS Code editor, you're in 
you know, whatever code of choice, actually, and just writing things. And this so happens that some of the things you're writing lives on a server-side component. Others happen to live on just a static hosting backend. But as a developer, the frameworks are done such a wonderful job of abstracting away all the details. You don't worry about that anymore. You just care about, I want a good experience. I have all this data. I want to surface. Just make it work properly. Make the caching work properly. Make the deployments work properly. And so that really gave us the opportunity to kind of take the Firebase style of, okay, let's do some of the simplification and apply this world as well. All this orchestration between all these services, let's go ahead and, and solve that. And continuing down the, the train of meeting developers where they are, we said, okay, a large number of developers are using Next.js or they're using Angular or they're using Nuxt. So let's just go after those markets at the very beginning and then see what the feedback is like and then go deeper. And our goal really is that you know, whatever framework you're building on, long term, either it's relevant, Firebase is going to be playing a role right, you know, right beside you and making sure that deployment and all the various activities that go along with it are pretty seamless. Yeah, impressive stuff. Uh, I can't wait to see how this goes in the future, especially as you said, everyone seems to be jumping on the or re-jumping on the server-side rendering bandwagon. Um, yeah, the, it's, it's like a pendulum. It always swings back and forth. Yes. You know, there's a time when everyone's like, you know, static site rendering is like the, you know, the best way of doing things. It's all performant. Then it's like, okay, the client's doing a lot of work, and you know, there's too much JavaScript on like you know, low-powered devices. It's everything to the server, and then it comes back to like this way everything back in the client. And yep. you know, it's always funny because you know the way I do all of my personal development is I still actually use a very traditional lamp-based stack, you know, where I'm just running like a, a Linux server and with like Apache and MySQL running behind and, and PHP, and I still FTP content from you know from like my disk to to wherever I need to serve it. And there were periods of time when people would just be going like, wait, you know, this is so outdated. Why are you doing it this way? There's a period of time like 10 years later where it's like, oh, this is exactly how you should be doing things, you know, minimize complications, simplify build steps. So I'm just waiting for the world when, you know, we get to see like the the, the era of what you see, what you get editors, like, you know, Dreamweaver and front page and so on to be back in back in style again. So I'm just like, <laughs> not going to change. I'm just going to let society and the world catch up to this workflow because it works and I can totally see it happening again. It's like a fashion trend. Just continue to wear, you know, uh, uh, bell bottoms, and then eventually they'll come in, they'll come in style again or something. Yeah, um, there you go. There you go. Uh, that actually, that same topic has came up so many times on Pod Rocket uh, with every everyone. Like the trend of uh, front end tools getting complex and then getting you know centralized and then decentralized, and like one one tool does everything versus uh, one tool that just does one thing, and you use many of those. It's, it's came up. Yeah, I think one trend that's actually really interesting in that particular vein is that the, the growth of like tools that do better performance analysis and monitoring and accessibility monitoring, I think that's going to be influencing a lot of how we end up you know, building apps because the amount of emphasis today, for example, on Chrome's Lighthouse scores and making sure you're having good scores across all those categories because it's not just the, okay, great, I have really good scores. It, in many ways, it influences your ability to you know, provide a good user experience, have better rankings in the search engines, for example, because there's a certain you know, signal that you know, all of these efforts are showing that you know, as sites are more popular, as they are more performant, they tend to just perform better. So it's very likely that people want to visit them over another site that is not doing one of these directions. And so anything that kind of, continues the train of making the technology behind the scenes just faster and more powerful while still keeping the user focus in mind of how do you make things faster, more accessible, more secure? I think that creates the right incentive structure because I think that was missing 
for a long time. I always felt like there were periods where there was cool technology for the sake of cool technology. But in the end, what we ended up with were uh, were websites that were like, you know, 10 megabytes of JavaScript to essentially provide a glorified version of Hello World, which is just kind of going like, this isn't, this isn't the web that, you know, we should be going towards. But hopefully these kind of activities will incentivize the right behaviors. It'll be a slow transition if I know anything about web development. Uh. Yes. And by the time we're halfway through, something new would have come out and you have to decide, like, do I continue on this path or do I just jump to the new thing? And in five years, we'll have another Pod Rocket episode and you'll come on and we'll say, oh, the next big thing is this. We yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, the thing I talked to you about five years ago, well, that's all great. But here's nothing else, something else you want to try because, you know, here's what the you know, developer pain points are right now. It's what makes this area fun as well. And it's why I still enjoy this whole space of working on developer platforms and, and developer tools and frameworks is there's no shortage of exciting things to work on. And it's a good balance between like keeping your eye on what's relevant today and also what the future might look like. And hopefully even having a chance to be able to shape what the future is going to be like, because you have the ability to kind of use the history of hindsight and then the data from today to chart a path that maybe maybe the right thing or maybe not. But that's what makes it fun on Firebase, especially where we we ship frequently, we you know we iterate, we try things out, and we try to learn from that and see how we can do better next time around. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was good to have you. Um, it's great chatting with you. Great chatting about Firebase and just all the fun stuff that goes on in develop- the world of developers. Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. You can find us at Pod Rocket Pod on Twitter, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.